علا سراط مستقیم یو او پروفٹ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم انڈیڈ یو آر علا اپان سراط مستقیم اپاتھ اسراط در از مستقیم در اسٹریٹ دا ورڈ سراط سراط از فرام سعد را تا And sirat gives the meaning of masrut, meaning that on which sarata is done. What does sarata mean? Murur bisura, to walk fast, to go quickly. So you are upon the path that is mustaqim. Mustaqim from qaf waumim, meaning one that is of istiqamah. What does istiqamah mean? Istiqamah means correctness as well as stability. Correctness, meaning when something is straight, it's free of any crookedness, it's free of any error. And it is also stable. It's upright and it's also stable. Stable as in mustaqim, meaning consistent. You know, like we ask Allah for istiqamah. What does that mean? That, oh Allah, keep me steadfast. So, ala siratim mustaqim, you are on a path which is straight. The Prophet ﷺ was indeed upon the right path. He was not upon error. The right path is of who? It is of those whom Allah is pleased with. If you think about it, there are many ways of living this life. There are many ways of doing different things. Right? Same action, right? same goal, but could be accomplished in different ways. There could be multiple definitions of what is good and what is bad. Right? Of what is right and what is wrong. Now, ultimately what matters is that we do something by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with. Right? That is what matters. Because if Allah approves of something, then a person is successful. Then what he's done was worth it. But if Allah does not approve of His actions, then no matter what it was, how it was, it wasn't good enough. So then, Sirat al-Mustaqeem, the right path is of those people with whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased. And that is exactly what we learn in which surah? Surah Al-Fatiha. When we say, اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمُ Oh Allah, guide us to صِرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمُ What is صِرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمُ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ The path of those people whom you were pleased with, you blessed them with. You favored them. Meaning you rewarded them. Why would Allah reward them? Because He approved of their actions. غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ Not of those people who earned Allah's anger, nor of those who went astray, who got lost. So the Prophet ﷺ is ala sirati mustaqim. What does it show then? That the way to attain Allah's pleasure is how? By following the footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In Surah Ali Imran, Ayah 31, Allah says, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي If you love Allah, then what should you do? Follow me, meaning follow the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Because if you follow him, what will happen? يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ Allah will love you. Because many claim to love God, but they're not pursuing God's pleasure. In the way that God approves of. You understand? 
So then what is that way through which we can attain Allah's pleasure? By doing what Allah has instructed. And how do we learn of that? From the example of the Prophet ﷺ. Which is why when a person will follow Rasulullah ﷺ, what will happen? يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ Allah will love you and He will forgive you your sins. And this is only one way. Sirat mustaqim is one path. In Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 153, we learn, وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاطِي مُسْتَقِيمًا and that this is my path which is mustaqim, which is straight, which is upright, which is correct and proper. So, fattabi'uhu, therefore follow it. Meaning follow who? The Prophet ﷺ. Because he is upon the straight path. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا subul, And do not follow the other ways. Why? Because then, فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ They will take you away from the correct way. Which way? The way of Allah. So, Yaseen wal Quran al-Hakim innaka lamin al-mursaleen ala siratim mustaqim Normally when we think of the different paths, we think of like totally different like religions and stuff. But there's also different sects and we need to be sure of what we believe in. Right? And I mean, if you think about it, even when it comes to salah, what did the Prophet ﷺ say? Sallu? How? Pray how? As you see me praying. Why? Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ's prayer was that which was taught to him by who? Jibreel. Right? Jibreel taught him how to pray. And Jibreel didn't make it up. That was according to Allah's instructions. So that means the prayer of the Prophet ﷺ was the perfect prayer. And that means if we want our prayer to be beautiful, then we have to follow the sunnah as much as possible, as closely as possible. So, ala siratim mustaqim. In every way, the Prophet ﷺ was on the right path. Which means that anything Rasulullah ﷺ did, any decision that he made, any word that he said, any manner that he adopted, that was what? That was the correct manner. That was the correct decision. It was the correct statement. It was the best way of doing that particular action. Because the Prophet ﷺ was ala siratim mustaqim. Tanzeel al-Aziz rahim This is explanation of what? Wal-Qur'an al-Hakim. That the Qur'an is, this book is tanzeel, a revelation. Tanzil meaning a revelation that was sent gradually according to need, according to situation, always relevant. By who? Revelation from who? The one who is Al-Aziz and Al-Rahim, the exalted in might. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Aziz meaning the one who is honorable, the one who is powerful, the one who is capable, the one who can send revelation. And he is also Al-Rahim, the merciful. Al-Rahim is one who demonstrates his mercy through his actions. Remember the names of Allah, Al-Rahman, Al-Rahim, both translate as merciful. But there is a slight difference. Al-Rahman refers to the great attribute of mercy. And Ar-Rahim refers to the action of mercy, meaning how he demonstrates his mercy through his actions. So over here, Ar-Rahim is mentioned. Why? Because it is out of his mercy that he has sent this guidance. So this Qur'an 
is the message of who? The one who is mighty and the one who is merciful. Neglecting this Qur'an therefore will bring the wrath of the mighty one. And observing it, believing in it, reciting it, following it, is something that will bring the mercy of the merciful one. So, O Prophet ﷺ, you are indeed upon the right path. And that is because you have been given this tanzeel. You have been given this revelation. So what does this mean then? That a person can only find the straight path by following what? This tanzeel, this revelation. And by following the one who was given this revelation. The Qur'an as well as the sunnah. Why has this revelation been given? لِتُنْزِرَ So that you may warn. This book has been revealed in order that you warn. تُنْذِرَ إِنْذَار What does إِنْذَار mean? To warn somebody. But how? It's basically to caution someone by arousing fear in them. By arousing fear in them. How? Because you are warning them of the harmful, of the harm, of what they're about to do, of the danger of what they're about to do. Like for example, many times when children are doing something dangerous, right? you don't need to give them a long explanation. All you need to do is just make a frightening face, right? or a worried face, or just make some expression that will send the message across. right? This is indar. To warn, to caution by arousing fear. And this can be by informing them of that which is dangerous. Informing them of the danger of what they're about to do. So, لِتُنْزِرَ This Qur'an has been sent in order that you may warn who? قَوْمًا A people. Which people? مَا not أُنْذِرَ He was warned. Who was not warned? أَبَاؤُهُمْ Their forefathers, their ancestors. This Qur'an has been given so that you can warn those people whose forefathers were not warned. So as a result, فَهُمْ So they are غَافِلُونَ Ones who are ignorant, heedless, unaware. غَافِلُونَ is a plural of غَافِل. غَافِل is one who is in غَفْلَة. What is غَفْلَة? غَفْلَة is basically being inattentive. Right? Being inattentive. Why would a person be inattentive to, let's say, the danger that's coming his way? Why? Because he doesn't know. Hmm? Lack of knowledge. Ignorance is the cause of ghafla. And sometimes it's not just ignorance, it is also following one's desires. That a person is having so much fun that he cannot bother to pay attention. Like for example, a person is having so much fun driving fast that they cannot bother pay attention to who's on their right and who's on their left. Right? And who is it that they just passed by and then the next thing they know, they see some lights right behind them. Right? Did they not know about the speed limit? Of course they did. But they were just having too much fun. So they weren't really paying attention. So, فَهُمْ غَافِلُونَ They are Heedless, they are unaware, they are inattentive, meaning they're not paying attention to faith, they're not paying attention to right action, they're not paying attention to the hereafter. Why? Because they don't know. 
And why is it that they don't know? Because their forefathers didn't know. Who is this referring to? This is primarily referring to the people of Makkah, to the Arabs. Who were the Arabs? When we study the history of the Arabs, we see that basically this area was populated by who? By when Ismail was settled in Makkah. Because when Ismail was settled in Makkah, we see that there was zamzam, there was water. And in the desert, where there is water, then there is life. Right? And then we see that the Jurham tribe, alright, they found traces of water, so they went there and they asked permission if they could stay there. And they stayed there, and eventually what happened? The Kaaba was built by Ibrahim salam, Ismail salam, and the area was populated. So Ismail salam, yes, he was a prophet. Ibrahim salam, yes, he was a prophet. But over the years, what happened? Over the years, no prophet was sent to the Arabs. Alright? Rather we see that the prophets were sent amongst two, the Bani Israel. Alright? And the last of those prophets was who? Isa alayhi salam. After Isa alayhi salam, for 600 years there was no prophet. Neither amongst the Bani Ismail nor in the Bani Israel. No prophet. So that nation, from the time of Isa alayhi salam to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, or from the time of Ismail alayhi salam to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, if you want to focus specifically on the Arabs, then yes, مَا أُنذِرَ آبَاؤُهُمْ Their forefathers were not warned, as in they were people without scripture. They did not have a book. They were an unlettered people. You see, people generally learn religion from who? From their parents. Right? From the people, the culture that they are born into. Now the Arabs, they were an unlettered people. They were without any scripture. And whatever they did learn of religion from their forefathers, that was all based on what? Falsehood and lies. Remember we learned in Surah Luqman about this particular man who traveled to certain areas and he brought idols from there. Right? And this is how idolatry became common in the region. Which is why we see that the Arabs, they did worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But along with that, they also worshipped idols. So now, generation after generation, what was happening? Because of ignorance, what were people doing? They were doing shirk. فَهُمْ غَافِلُونَ And unaware of what? Of the hereafter. Unaware of the consequences of what they were doing. So did they not need a warner? Did they not need a prophet? Certainly they did. So over here, the people are being reminded of this favor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed on them. That Allah has bestowed a special favor upon them when He chose the final messenger from them. لِتُنذِرَ قَوْمًا مَا أُنذِرَ آبَاؤُهُمْ فَهُمْ غَافِلُونَ In Surah Al-Jumu'ah, ayah number 2, Allah says, هُوَ الَّذِي بَعْثَ فِي الْأُمِّيِّينَ رَسُولًا He is the one who has sent amongst the unlettered people a messenger. And that messenger is minhum. He is from them. يَتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ وَإِن كَانُوا مِنْ قَبْلُ لَفِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ And indeed, surely they were before in manifest error. So Allah has bestowed a huge favor. In Surah Al-Sajda, ayah number 3 also, it is mentioned, بَلْ هُوَ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكْ لِتُنْذِرَ قَوْمًا مَا أَتَاهُمْ مِنْ نَذِيرٍ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ 
So the Qur'an has come to wake up the heedless. Because really, nothing can take ghaflah away except the Qur'an. Heedlessness is only treated with a dose of Qur'an. لِتُنذِرَ قَوْمًا مَا أُنذِرَ آبَاؤُهُمْ فَهُمْ غَافِلُونَ However, what has happened? لَقَدْ Certainly. حَقَّ الْقَوْلُ The word has come into effect. عَلَىٰ أَكْثَرِهِمْ Upon most of them, the majority of them. Majority of who? Majority of the people to whom the Prophet ﷺ has been sent. And remember, the Prophet ﷺ was not just sent to the Arabs. He was sent to who? وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا لِلنَّاسِ To all the people. So over here it is mentioned that certainly the word has come into effect against who? Majority of the people on the earth. فَهُمْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ So they do not believe. What does it mean by this? حَقَّ الْقَوْلُ حَقَّ The verb حَقَّ is from the word, from the noun حَقَّ What does حَقَّ mean? Truth. And haqqa is when something becomes true as in it becomes due. It becomes necessary. It is incumbent. Alright? Meaning, what was said was true and now this is a must. It must happen. So haqqa al-qawlu. The qawl has become haqqa. Meaning, the effect of that word the consequences of that word, of that statement, are now necessary. It is due. It must be applied. Which word? You see, we learn that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the angels to prostrate to Adam alayhi salam. Amongst them was also Iblis. And what did Iblis do? He refused. Aba was takbara. And then he blamed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he showed extreme enmity to Adam. And then he asked for respite, meaning to be allowed to live until the day of judgment and to be given the freedom to do what he wants to. Right? And then he challenged Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I am going to mislead the children of Adam. Right? So when he said that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said in Surah Sad, ayah 84-85, we learn, qala falhaq. Allah said, فَالْحَقْ So this is true. وَالْحَقَّ أَقُولْ And the truth I say. لَأَمْلَأَنَّ جَهَنَّمَ مِنْكَ وَمِمَّنْ تَبِعَكَ مِنْهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ No matter how many people you mislead, then know this for a fact. That you and whoever you mislead, whoever follows you, will be sent to hell. Hell will be filled with you and your followers. So this is Allah's promise. You understand? This is Allah's promise. That shaitan and his friends, shaitan and his companions, despite their magnitude, where will they end up? In hellfire. Despite their great numbers, they will end up in hellfire. We learn, for example, that out of every 1,000 999 people will go to hell. These are the statistics. From hadith, this is what we learn. And the majority of those 999 will actually be from Ya'juj and Ma'juj. Alright? So, لَأَمْ لَأَنَّ جَهَنَّمْ 
This is the qawl. Shaytan challenged Allah. Allah, wastaghna Allah. Allah is in no need of His creation because Allah is ghani. antumul fuqara. We are the ones who are poor and are in need of Him. Our worship, our denial, our gratitude, our ingratitude doesn't affect Allah. It only affects who? Us. So over here, it is said, لَقَدْ حَقَّ الْقَوْلُ عَلَىٰ أَكْثَرِهِمْ The Qur'an is the straight path. It is revelation from Allah. For people who are most needy for the instruction that is in the Qur'an. Yet, majority of the people do not believe. Why? Because the word is justified against them. They are deserving of that word. Which one? The word that Allah said in response to shaitan's challenge. And what is that? Surah Sa'd, ayah 84-85, I mentioned to you earlier, لَأَمْلَأَنَّ جَهَنَّمَ مِنْكَ وَمِمَّنْ تَبِعَكَ مِنْهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ So, فَهُمْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ They do not believe. Meaning the people do not believe. In other words, they have made themselves worthy of this qawl. How? By choosing to remain in heedlessness, even though this nur is here. Even though this nur, the light of Qur'an is here. The light of guidance is here. Think about it. Is light of benefit to the one who closes his eyes? Can it benefit him? No, it cannot. Are speed signs of benefit to the one who's not even looking at them? No, they're not. Warning can only benefit the one who pays attention. But what is the state of these people? Ghafilun. Ghafilun is like, I don't care attitude. Basically, this is what it is. So even though the Prophet ﷺ was amongst them, the Qur'an was clearly, it is clearly Allah's speech. It is Al-Hakim. And the truth of the Prophet ﷺ is not unclear. It's very evident. The message, the warning is also very evident. But yet, if people don't want to pay attention, then how can you help them? You cannot help them. فَهُمْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ And this is the sad reality of the majority of the people. In Surah Hud, Ayah 17, Allah says, وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ most of the people do not believe. In Surah Al-Shu'ara, so many times this ayah is repeated. إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَةٍ وَمَا كَانَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ Indeed, and this is a sign, is a lesson, but still majority of the people do not believe. Now their state of heedlessness or their state of denial, their stubbornness, their pride, that is explained in the following verses. How? Allah says, Inna ja'alna. Indeed, we have placed. We have made as in we have placed. We have put. What's mentioned over here is an example. It's a description of the stubbornness of these people. Of which people? Those who deny the Prophet that inna ja'alna fi a'naqihim. We have put in their necks. A'naq is the plural of unuq. And what is that? Neck. What is put in their necks? Aghlalan. Aghlal is the plural of the word ghul. From the root letters, ghayn lam lam. And what does ghul mean? It's basically used for a chain. 
right? Chains, fetters, right? Chains that are used for binding the hands to the neck. Meaning it's such a chain that locks up the hands and locks up the neck and connects the hands to the neck. So basically a person is completely immobile. You understand? A person cannot move their hands. You see typically what happens. People, when they're handcuffed, how are they handcuffed? The hands are behind them. Why is that done? Because it makes them a bit more immobile as opposed to having their hands handcuffed in front of them. Right? But imagine if the hands are locked in such a way that they're now locked with the neck. What does it mean? Do this. Bring your hands to your neck. Alright, do this. I mean, really, if imagine the hands are locked and then they're locked with the neck, even running would be difficult. Right? You wouldn't have your balance. So, these arnaq are on their necks. Fahiya, so it is, meaning their hands or the shackles, they are ilal adqan, right up to the chins. Adqan is a plural of dhaqan, and dhaqan is the chin. Alright? So the hands are literally reaching up to their chins, or the neck collar is reaching up to the chin. Meaning there's no room for the head, alright, to move around freely. A person who's locked in this way is not able to bend down. Have you ever seen or have you ever worn a neck collar? Have you ever seen somebody wearing a neck collar? Hmm? Neck collar for the purpose of maybe some neck pain or back pain or some neck injury, right? Or some head injury maybe. It prevents mobility, doesn't it? It does not allow you to look down. You cannot bend your neck. So as a result, فَهُمْ مُقْمَحُونَ So they are مُقْمَحُونَ Meaning, ones with their heads kept aloft. مُقْمَحُونَ is the plural of the word مُقْمَح. What's the root? قَافْ ميم ح. Alright? That's a very interesting word, and if we go really deep in its meaning, there's a lot to it. But just to make it short and sweet and easy to understand, مُقْمَح from إِقْمَاح. إِقْمَاح is said of a camel or a man, alright, meaning this word is used for a camel or a person, when he or it is made to raise his head and contract the eyes, right? Just think of an animal, like a camel, and there's a tether on its mouth, and if it's pulled, what's going to happen? If it's pulled, the neck is straight, Alright, it's jerked back, it's straightened up, and as it's straightened up, what does the animal do usually? Contracts its eyes. This is iqmah. Alright? And it's also used to describe camels when they drink water. Because when a camel gathers up water in its mouth, firstly it has to bend its neck down. Because it's a tall animal. Alright? And once it gathers up the water in its mouth, jerks up its neck, its head up, and then it jerks the head a little bit more in order to swallow the water. This is iqmah. Alright? It is said, aqmahahu al-ghul. Aqmahahu what? Al-ghullu. Meaning ghul as in the collar. Meaning the ring or the collar for the neck and hands caused his head to be raised. 
meaning the the chain was so tight or the way the person was locked or the animal was locked was so tight that it did not allow him to lower his head to bend his neck now look at this ayah again inna ja'alna indeed we have put fi a'naqihim in their necks aghlalan chains fahiya ila al-adqan so they are up to their chins fahum muqmahun so they are with their heads kept aloft meaning their shackles don't let them bend their chains don't allow them to look down and if they cannot look down if they cannot bend their neck their head can they see where they are going can they see where they are going can they read what is right in front of them no they cannot if they have to read anything they have to lift it up and bring it right before their eyes just imagine maybe you've experienced you know a pinched nerve or something on your neck it's just frozen frozen shoulder or something it's just frozen it's fixed in one place you know a slight movement like bending your head you know up or down even becomes impossible so something as as simple as looking towards someone when talking to them you have to move your entire body isn't it so this is basically a description of their stubbornness and their pride that how stubborn and arrogant they are that the truth is right in front of them but their ego their bias their heedlessness it just doesn't allow them to humble themselves even a little to bend even a little so they don't even see the truth that is in front of them and you see with this description they're also being insulted in a way because they're being compared with what with what with camels and isn't that humiliating for a person because in reality what are they doing with the stubbornness they're actually behaving like animals because they're not even looking at the truth which is right in front of them they're behaving like animals have you ever come across a stubborn animal that doesn't move i think i've mentioned this to you before once i was traveling somewhere in pakistan and we were stuck on the road traffic jam for a very long time and finally somebody went out of their car and walked all the way to see what was happening and they found out there was a donkey standing on the road refusing to move no matter how much the people were you know trying to move it it was refusing to move stubborn stuck in one place not budging even a little bit imagine there are massive trucks behind it people honking honking so much noise so many people gathered around the donkey but the donkey mm refusing to move but this is a sad reality of many people the quran is hakim rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is ala siratin mustaqim yet do they even pay attention to the quran do they even bother to see what the quran says do they even bother to find out who the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was what he actually taught what he actually did Do they pay attention to that? No they don't. Why? They're ghafilun. They're stuck in their pride. Wajalna and we have put min aydihim 
before them, in front of them, saddan a barrier. Sad. What is sad? Seen dal dal. It's a barrier, like a wall. So right before them is a wall. وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ And behind them is also a barrier, a wall. In front of them is a wall. Behind them is also a wall. Now if you think about it, firstly, they're immobile. Right? In their pride, they don't bend down. They don't even look where they're going. They don't even see what is in front of them. And on top of that, there's a wall in front of them and a wall behind them. فَأَغْشَيْنَاهُمْ And so we have covered them. Meaning their eyes are also covered. فَهُمْ لَا يُبْصِرُونَ So they do not see at all. Before them is a barrier. Behind them is a barrier. Total, complete ignorance. Firstly, they're immobile. Secondly, the gates of Hidayah are also closed. They cannot see far. They're just stuck where they are. They are fixed, stubborn, where they are. Stuck where they are. Heedless of where they are headed to. Ignorant of the consequences of their actions. Not taking heed from the past either. Because what is before them? That is to come. The hereafter. What is behind them? Examples from history. Right? And then, if they were to look down, what would they see? Themselves. But they don't even see themselves. And the fact is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed signs for the guidance of mankind. Where? Fil afaq wa fi anfusihim. In the horizons, meaning in the world that is around people. So in front, behind, around, and also wa fi anfusihim, in themselves. Meaning if the people were to reflect on the world around them, and if they were to reflect on their own selves, they will find enough signs to guide them. But these people, what do we see? the gates of guidance are closed upon them. And this is an example of their arrogance, their heedlessness, their stubbornness. You see, many times when we come across these verses, we think, well, if Allah has you know, closed the doors of guidance for them, what's their fault? Right? Because Allah says, إِنَّا جَعَلْنَا We have made, we have put. So if Allah has put them in this situation, how is it their fault? You tell me, how is it their fault? Hmm? Exactly. If you think about it, before this description, what is mentioned? The guidance of the Qur'an. The guidance of the Prophet ﷺ. This is not describing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forced them to become like this. No, this is describing the response of these people to the truth and to the light that has come to them. The light has come in the form of the book, in the form of the messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But if someone is so stubborn in his arrogance that he doesn't even look down, doesn't even look into himself, doesn't even look beyond the present, beyond the moment that he's in, he's just stuck in his ways, then who can guide him? Who can guide him? None can guide him. So these verses are a description of the arrogance and the heedlessness of these people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is criticizing them over here for their lack of desire to follow the truth, for their arrogance. Because the sirat is before them, yet they remain stuck due to their arrogance, due to their pride. And then their eyes are covered. 
They're not even looking at the truth. Rather they are muqmahoon. Their heads are jolted upwards in pride. So then it doesn't matter how clear the sirat is, how strong the indhar is, such people will not move. So the people they should know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He put these things in yes. human's heart right? My daughter she was 5 years old When she was small I was telling her about Prophet's story And this, and what happened And Ad and all these things And then she told me Mommy why they need miracle Why they don't look at their self That's a miracle And she was only 5 And that's Fujura Yes, mashallah. Yes. Salam Recently in the news, there's a huge example of a Scottish man who um, converted. I'm pretty sure a lot of people already heard of it. The example, like the what, basically what happened is that he was visiting Turkey one time and he heard the adhan for the first time ever, and he had never had any interaction with any Muslim person or had ever been taught or even knew anything about Islam. But just because he heard the adhan, he went home back to Scotland and he researched all of this all on his own. And it's an example of how it's not, you don't need, like it's, Allah guides you because of your will. He went back, he searched everything up, like he wrote examples of how he debated with himself about, you know, certain rulings of the Quran and he, you know, made himself understand it. He read the entire Quran in English three or four times and that is what convinced him of the truth. It was just the words of the Quran. He didn't have anyone around him, but it's because he wanted to be guided that Allah gave it to him. Yeah. And it all started from where? Listening to the Adhan. But if you think about it, so many people hear the adhan. They listen to the adhan. Isn't it? But some people, they remain in their ghafla, in their position where they are stuck, not even paying attention to those words. And some people, they get out of that stubbornness. They're not muqmahoon. They pay attention. They think. They reflect. And once a person reflects, then doors of guidance are open for him. If Allah Ta'ala doesn't want to guide you, then how how would you be guided? And in Surah Al-Baqarah, in the beginning, it comes to yes. um, the same the same message, and it's it's so similar to what Sister said that because you don't have to be Muslim, you could be Muslim and you could be misguided too. But anybody in the world, I think, as long as your heart seek for the guidance, Allah Taala finds a way and open the door. Until anybody become arrogant and they doesn't really want to be guided, then those doors, it seems like they closed. Exactly. Otherwise, Allah Ta'ala is so just, He wouldn't close the door until there is a will. There is a will there, then Allah Ta'ala does open the door. Or otherwise, Allah Ta'ala has shown us that even prophets who have guided people all their life, their own children didn't get guided as Prophet Noah yes. or Prophet Ibrahim Salam's father. So they had the best way of guiding it, but they didn't have no control over it. That exactly. was all in Allah's hands. Yes. I mean, if Allah did not wish to guide people, firstly, it's wrong to even think like that about Allah. But if Allah did not wish to guide people, why would He send guidance in the first place? Why would He send Al-Quran Al-Hakim and Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam ala Sirat Al-Mustaqeem? Assalamualaikum. This ayah also reminds me of the ayah in Surah Sajda that we see that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala gives us small reminders, small difficulties, so that we return to Him and we stay humble. So um, anytime like we get feedback, or it's always important to keep an open mind and be receptive to that and stay humble. Yes, very true. Recitation. 
فأغشيناهم فهم لا يبصرون 